Sam, where are you going to be? Guys, I'm in town this weekend, but August 5th and 6th, I am at Cobbs in San Francisco. Can't wait to see where the wild things roam. Then on the 10th, I have another conspiracy social, I have, a, excuse me, another comedy chaos live at the Comedy Store. And then um, I am go I have a whole bunch of stuff. I have a, uh, I would love if you're in town to do my um, Assassin's Only show, and that will be, Where's I haven't that? put that up. That's in L.A. Where, what, what? Thing? It's at the three clubs. I'll do it for you. All right, done. I'll do it. Bang! I'll do it. 100%. Pow! Guys, yes. Also, good. check out our, our, check out our live feed, our, our free feed. Give us a five-star review. Go to, uh, go to akadeepwaters.com. Follow us on Instagram at akadeepwaters. Brian, where are you going to be? Nashville, Tennessee at Zany's, August 26, 27, San Jose, California, Improv. Um, September, uh, what, 15, 16, 17, which I didn't even realize. I can't wait for that. Spokane, Washington, September 27, 24, Tacoma, Washington, Tacoma Comedy Club. Wow. September 29, October 1st. I am working. I can't wait. You love working. Yep. God bless everybody. Okay. When people ask, is everything a conspiracy? The answer is yes. Who and what is controlling everything and why? They, they practice sorcery. I can't argue against magic. <laughs> I don't know what it is that we live on, but I believe it's a realm. This realm that we live in is the lowest level of heaven, highest level of hell. Chicken snake gods and the Anunnaki and sorcery. If Sam says the chicken snake god is running everything, I'm literally in the world of crazy. <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> You're losing. Conspiracy Social Club, a.k.a. Deep Waters. Deep waters, deep waters. Well, and here we are. Here we are, episode 78. 76, and I'm still blazing. You know what, man? On the way here, On the way here, I was listening to... Um, I was listening to how World War One started. Oh, I've heard it. It goes like this. Nope. This is a book on history. No, I don't like the oh. way you're I don't like the way you're poo-pooing. That. That's that's a little bit ignorant. I don't okay. I don't want you to do that. Oh, my favorite part is when he starts breaking down. Okay, you sound like a seal that's trying to get away from a fucking killer whale right now. A fucking right? killer that whale jumps up is on that my just boat. A whale just working its No, room? dude, no, Going, not that's I'm not, Let me eat I don't you. mean a mating Let whale. Me eat you. <laughs> they're, well, dude, they're you know it's danger, dude. When you did I ever tell you the time I walked into a library and a guy was beaten off? No. Yeah. I, well, first of all, what were you doing in a library? <laughs> You're fucking allergic to books. Yeah, huh? that's true. What'd you do? Did you walk into a library? But this he is my knuckles up, this and my, that's why I knew I was in trouble. This is my and was that guy you? Because this is my impression of Sam walking into a library. Lies, lies, shelves full of lies, all lies. They've all been bought off. All these historians have been bought off. This is bullshit. Sir, please, can you, shh, nope. I'm gonna pull out my dong and jack off knuckles, <laughs> knuckles down. Checka, so checka. Sir, I go please. around this thing Sir, and please. this huge black guy's just, Jesus. Working his root. Really? Yeah, and I go, man, some people. That's exactly why. Some I people have life. a fetish about jerking off in a library. They, yeah. they were told shh all the time. Yeah. See, the, the, the problem with life uh, yeah. is when you tell people, especially children, not to do something, yeah. they do something. I think about that all the time. When when you have a political movement, say you believe in uh, equality for all, and you want to jam it down people's throat because your idea of equality is a very strong one, what you're going to do, and or with, let's just say you look at the United States as only an oppressive regime 
regime built on slavery. Let's just say that's how you encapsulate the entire history right, of this incredible right, nation. Right. By the way, um, this is how I start all role play in the bed. Good, saying exactly good, what good, you're good, saying. good. But when you do that and you say that anybody who is patriotic is a racist piece of shit, what happens is you make people more patriotic. Yeah. What happens is you make people more counterculture. Yes. And right now, what I believe, and tell me what you think, I believe the people that are counterculture revolutionaries, the people that are actually the the ones who are edgy, ain't the young people. It's people our age. Isn't it crazy? It, it, the young people are, are are puritanical, afraid of sex, afraid to flirt, afraid to speak, say what they mean, afraid to say what they don't mean. Remember when you could say what you don't mean, which was joking? Yeah. They're not allowed to say it's that. It's so funny when you see like these young 20-year-old girls raging and you just know... All that's going to change once you get gorilla fucked. Anybody with me on that one? Anyone with me? Well, I'll tell you this. I've had girlfriends where they're all mad at me. Yeah. And then you you have a little sex. Yeah. And you gorilla fuck them. Goes out the window. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, this makes sense. What would gorilla fucking be? Just like super pound hard action. <laughs> Right? When you're well, mayor of Pound Town. <laughs> I think you used to talk about that where you just like, you'd get up and then just fall into the pussy. Yeah, I just like, I like go, you ever go top rope on the ass? <laughs> I used to try to see how high I could get before I dropped the hammer of the guy on them. Yeah, that's gorilla fucker right there. I'm just like, boom, I like, I slow mo and I almost do this. <laughs> you call it the hammer of God? Yeah, I drop hammer of God on them. Uh, when Doug and then David they start off, singing my own personal Jesus. Jesus. Um, my my when Dove Davidoff used to play volleyball on the beach with us, and and he would go, "Here comes the Hebrew hammer." They call me the Hebrew hammer, <laughs> and nobody was good at volleyball. Nobody. I'm gonna take you down so, the highway to the danger zone. So Brian, this is how ahead of the curve we are. Last night. On his show, Alex Jones was talking about how he wants to come to Rockfin. Seriously? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. He, wow. He wants to come to Rockfin. That's big, dude. That's big, dude. That's really big. How big? I mean, big. dude, if Alex Jones, he's still got, he's got a huge following, doesn't he? I think it made dude, him it's, bigger. Dude, it's when humongous. He got from YouTube, he got It's he got fucking bigger. humongous. So I'm just going to show these, sell these live. I love that. That's Tinfoil Hat Comedy. Say hi to Eddie Bravo. I, I will, dude. We should have him on the show sometime. Love to come on and talk. So he can, you guys can both be fucking. In we can fucking town. spit roast you on you your be. butt, on your mouth. <laughs> Is he still living in California? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's thinking about. He's possibly thinking about Austin. Uh, no, I think he wants Florida. Uh -huh. There you go. I like Florida. I'm not against Florida. I just don't think my baby's mama wants to live there. Daddy's got to live in the same state as his kids. Yeah. I but like so that. funny because you were talking about how when you tell your kids not to do something, they want to do it. My daughter, Ghost, will stare at me as she does it. I'll oh, be yeah. like, don't do that. She'll be like, oh, yeah. I'm like, don't you. Don't you do it. <laughs> no. She just wants to see what. Nah. She, what are you going to do? We're like establishing life patterns at this moment. That's how you know how I train my dogs. I've always had dogs. I, I just talk to them, and now I can with my. So are you saying I should treat my children like you treat your dogs? No, there's. I'll tell you this. <laughs> Is that what you're saying right there? I'll tell you this. If you want a great, if you want a fucking great book on how to raise your children, yeah, Raising Lions by Joe Newman, who's a friend of mine. Uh, is a beautiful book. All right, he, I'm he gonna goes get that in, book. He actually goes in with. So he he's an expert on dealing with um, kids that are. Uh, 
uh, real problems. So a lot of kids have this sort of defiance. A lot of times they're really smart and they just don't, they, they, or they, they master manipulators because they haven't been raised properly. And they realize if they cause enough of a scene, they get what they oh, want. Oh, they went crying. It's so yeah. funny with kids. And they just put on theater. Yeah. And then they'll just stop on a dive. And so and you're like, oh, that was just a show. Yeah. And the system that parents implement, which I used to implement was reward punishment. But that's not really what you want to do. You want to do consequences. You want to do, you want to do basically, you have the authority, you have the autonomy. You as a kid have the authority to decide whether or not you want to make things easier or not. And so what he'll do, he does this, this technique. Like he, he, I mean, he had, he's had kids that literally, like he would have kids that were kicked out of three preschools, four kindergartens. And I mean, oh, on the- that's my they, biggest nightmare. They made, they made the principals cry. They made, you know, I mean, there, there are kids like that. And what he says, the guy's like, it's never the kids, it's the parents, it's the system. And what he does is he comes in and he goes like this. He goes, hey, why don't you take a break? And the kid's like, what? And the kid's like, we gotta take a one minute break. And the kid's like, nah, throw something, gives you the finger. And he goes, ooh, well, I'm gonna give you five seconds. If you don't, it'll be two minute break. How's that sound? Not one, two, three. Okay, well, that's you. Okay, now, fuck you. All right, well, now it's going to be a five-minute break. You just take a break, you know. Just take a break. You know, he's not going to say anything. You're not punished. And the kid, fuck you. That's that. And he goes, well, if you don't do it in five, and, and I'm going to give you five seconds. Now, if you don't do it, in, take the five-minute, then we're going to go to the isolation room. You have to sit there for five minutes. All right? And then, so the kid, fuck you, fuck you. And he goes, all right, now we got to take you to the isolation room. They take him to the isolation room. Fuck you. The whole time, they put him in the, in, in the, in a room alone with him. And he'll just keep you there. And the kid has to sit there and you just keep doing that until the kid decides that you you basically build a self-control muscle in the kid. Yeah. Because these kids have never had to build self-control. They've never had to build the ability to control their emotions because their emotions were always working for them. So he basically trains kids to to do it on their own. And it's like, we could sit here for another 10 minutes. How's that? So some of the kids are so crazy. You have to actually hold on. Three them. You days. have to hug them and Three hold days them. in isolation. Yeah, day. he trains them. Well, no, he'll hold them until they stop moving because- you cannot start scratching and throwing things and, you know, and breaking things. So they'll actually hold the child, not hurt the child, but hold the child until the child learns that they have to, I I'm, I'm, might be butchering the technique, but the book is called Raising Lions. It's so fucking good. I'm and in. he's had insane, insane success. And he's such a good guy. And he's just a dude who said he saw, he saw these kids all being drugged and medicated because he was. Yes. And he was like, I don't like yes. this. I, a lot of these kids are just smart and they're bored and they're and they just need to be they just need to be taught yes. how to control themselves and there's a way to do it painlessly and very quickly and he'll say to parents he's like i don't want any you know what he says he goes i'm not training the kids i'm training the parents and he'll say i don't want to see you more than six times if i see you more than six times we have a problem i don't want your kid to be in therapy and on antidepressants and then on ritalin and then on guanfacine which brings the kids heart rate down i don't want that I want you to, I want to teach you how a kid can learn how to self-regulate on their own because the world is full of consequences. The world's full of bad consequences. If you don't learn how to behave yourself, you get ostracized, you get kicked out of everything, you fail in life. So learn how to implement self-control, give the kid their own sovereignty. And if you think about it, it's fucking genius. Book. It's called Soul. Raising Lions by Joe Newman. Please get the it. book. It's fucking Brian, awesome. do you have a, as a dad, is it like, I, I feel like it's such a hard thing because, and this women have the same problem in terms of having to be both roles, mom and dad. Mm -hmm. I think guys very much now, modern day, have to be both 
uh, you know, old school dad yep. and new school dad. Yep. And explain, like, explain the difference. Well, old school dad is like, I go to work, I pay the bills. Yep. And I'm a disciplinarian. Because yeah, life's a kick in the nuts. Yeah. So I'm going to kick, I love you enough to be hard on you. Yeah. Yep. New school dad is like, I listen to you. I love you. I change all your diapers. I do all this stuff that, you know, that is expected of a modern men in yeah. raising their yes. children. And it's like, so when you don't, I do jokes about this, but like when you don't have kids, as a guy and you see kids acting up with someone else, you're like, oh, I'll go help this parent. I'll just beat the shit out of this kid for this, <laughs> yeah. this parent. Right? I'll just, I'll just, hey, you want me to beat your kid? Yeah. Because I know you don't want to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're like, as soon as I have kids, I'm just going to be fuck disciplinarian. I'm going to be like that gym teacher that, hey, Woodchuck, right? You know, like my, my. Which, by the way, some disciplinarian, like, so, so discipline like that does work for some kids because some kids thrive with that. And those are kids that go into the military. A lot of times they're going to sports. Some kids actually thrive on regiment, like a routine. All kids thrive on routine, but some kids actually respond to good old fashioned hard discipline, but other kids don't. Yeah. Some kids are too creative. But you, for, you're not as a, a dad. Yeah. Like, oh, right. it's hard to. Yeah walk that fine line Fuck because and that, as soon as you have your kid you want to love the kid and hug the kid yeah. and be like best friends with the kid yeah. that's a big thing for me i'm gonna have to work on is i'm not your friend i'm well, your dad yes well so so that that's what i wrestled with okay but this is what these were the two turning i'm gonna give you the turning points with my kids my daughter is very smart and when you have a smart child i know everybody says their kids are smart and I, I, all kids, are, they're smart. But, but my daughter is very verbal, and she's read more than I have, and she's and she's thirteen. And when I say she's read more than I have, I'm almost not kidding. She's, she's read, she reads all the fantasy novels. She understands story structure, but she's also um, type A, very type A, very driven, very competitive. So she's not going to just let. Never, as even as a kid, is she going to let me win an argument? No, she's going to fight back, and and I better give her the attention. So. It was always a struggle. It was always a struggle. She was always fighting me and I could never quite control her. And she was 12 years old and I just, we had this blow up on the ski slopes because I was, we were visiting my parents and she just left. And I was like, do not go down. And she just took off and I was like, you're grounded for life. You're grounded for life. You're grounded for fucking life. And I just, and then I get down to the bottom and I see her three hours later and she's, you know, it's, it's a whole scene in the family. And I went, you know what? I looked at her and I and I realized she was too old to scold and too old to control, even at 12, because she's just really, really mature for her age. And I went, I looked at her and I said, you know what? I am, uh, I'm not gonna scold you anymore and I'm not gonna ground you anymore. And I'm not even gonna tell you what to do anymore because you know the difference between right and wrong and you know when you're being um, rude and when you're not. And you know when your manners suck and when they don't. You know all this. You're way too smart. And I don't like being a disciplinarian. And I don't like telling you what to do. And I don't like arguing with you. So what I'm going to do when you are those things I don't like is I'm just going to not deal with you. I'm just going to walk away. And dude. And that's when you abandon your children. That's when I abandon my children. <laughs> I haven't seen them since. That that was such a turning point for us because my daughter, I gave her sovereignty over herself. I gave her the the respect 
to say you're a kind of a young adult and you know the difference. So now we get along like like I'm I treasure her. I treasure every minute with her because we have such amazing conversations and she listens at well, I can teach her tennis. We we practice shit together. I teach her how to box. It's fucking the it's the great reward of my life. My son on the other hand is nine and just like me. He's got all my strengths and all my liabilities, okay? And he's he's a he's a young Sam Tripoli slash Brian Callen. Yeah. God bless. He's funny as fuck. He but he's a creative and you ain't telling that motherfucker what to do. You're not that we, you are, but he's just, he's just not in control of his brain or his personality. I get that. You and I were that yeah, way. Yeah. And I, and I, that's My just daughters the way it is. are like that. I One see is a bull in a China shop, bro. Yeah, man. Just, I mean, that's wrecking what he is. shop. That's what he is. And the other one is so <laughs> analytical, man. This you is know? what I said to him. This is what I said to him. I just went because he won't practice shit. He just would rather play video games and he's just, he'd rather take the easy. He's an escape artist, right? He's just, he's fucking, he's a comic. He's probably, he's funny as shit. Yeah. I mean, and like, I, I've been thinking about like, it's like, it's like the whole system growing up was set up in a way that my skill set did, did, could not shine. In the in this in this in the structure we have 100%. for raising our children uh, for you yeah. for somebody as creative as you and smart and as funny as you right are you fucking kidding dude and you're pitching. a natural contrarian like you the like a guy who just thought differently and lived you see you love human beings and you love people and you love making people laugh because you have a high high humor IQ right like high right people don't realize how funny I you am are. great. No, dude, people don't realize how- We were talking how, about that, Anthony. But people don't realize what bothers me, but they're going to find out slowly and surely. <laughs> this is what podcasting, but people don't realize what a, how good of a comic you really are. Like, Thank you. But it's just true. It's just it's just a fact. And so with a kid like you, and, and I, what I said to my son is I go, I try to get him to practice, try to get him to do some boxing, try to get him to practice drums. Dad, I don't want to do it. And I just did this. I go, you know what, man? I'm a bad dad. I'm a bad dad. I'm just pissed at myself. <laughs> He's like, what? I go, I'm just not hard enough on you, and I haven't been hard enough on you, and and it's just, it's just, you're gonna resent me for it, and I know you're gonna hate me for it later on in life, and I'm just pissed at myself, and I just went and sulked. <laughs> he comes over, he goes. You're not a bad dad. I go, no, I'm a terrible dad. I'm a bad dad because I'm not hard on you. And I know you're going to look back on this and say, ah, my dad sucked. He didn't really make me do anything. And he let me play video games all day. And you know what? You're probably right. And you're going to hate me. So, and I just like, I went off and he was like, dad, I'll practice. What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> got into his fucking kitchen, bro. So you got to find ways to but get into your like, kid's head. But it's like, it's like, what if he just hasn't found that thing that he is just built for and it's like right. and that that you know i have a joke about that i, I joke what if you're the michael jordan something that hasn't been invented yet, right <laughs> there are kids like that right it's I mean, like there's video things games. happening right now that are being invented that your son may click in and just be like he can't go anywhere because he's mobbed now that's so wild to think right. about i never thought of that right so he just hasn't found that thing that work that clicks with him yeah you know and it's just like you know it's like the more so what if he's i really Michael want to buy this bowling alley right like it's it's a goal i want to do with my brother huh? it's a, gonna be a momentous task but it, it, and it's just like and i'm like is the market and it's my hometown is the market big enough to sustain because where, where, where is this upstate new york where right? in upstate new york just outside syracuse i wouldn't do it 
Well, hold on. <laughs> Go on. What are you? You it's, really are a bad father. No, it's just. I'm <laughs> <laughs> staying New York makes me so nervous. It's just. No, I get why you're talking about because Albany no. is seen oh, as dude. a dumpster fire. In Syracuse, God bless everybody there, but it's a tough town. You know, it's it's it. The economy is not exactly thriving. That's what I worry. No, about. well, go well on, because go on, go on. I think what's going to happen is that we're going to start seeing more and more independent contractors. More and more people are going to be building their own goods, selling their own goods, yeah. creating their own stuff. And, I, you know, it's like I think there's a college there. It's a very famous college called Cortland State. It's a, It's got about 10,000 students, right? Okay. They're all from you New York You can do cool City. stuff at the Boning Alley. Well, you know I want I mean? to build a comedy club there. Oh, wow. I haven't heard a lot of people say, how do you make his money? Bowling alleys. But I, I do think that you could... The only thing that makes me nervous is you're not there to run it. My brother would be, oh, and he would he's be. been running strip bars for years. Oh, okay. My brother used used to flip strip bars. Oh, really? He'd be like, "Get rid of the one legged stripper. Get, she's pregnant. You gotta go." Right? Wow. And he he would flip them. So how do you how would you do the uh, bowling alley? Because it is kind of a cool. If you made it super cool, like a cool hangout comedy club yeah. bowling alley, really good. Cool Take all food. the stuff I know from these big cities and make it right there and. It's it's Ham, I, like ha, like have a hamburger window like everything, a really good, dude. Yeah. I want to do uh, farmers markets. Oh wow, where people come on Sundays. It's this huge. Even the land itself is worth it. Uh, my and they want my brother to take it. The people who own the bowling alley. My brother grew up there. Oh wow. My brother was the number one high school bowler in New York State. I told you this. Right? No, no. I never told you guys this. No. My brother was the number one high school bowler in New York State and one of the top golfers. My brother's now getting what? back into golf he's going into these amateur tournaments the and fuck? just winning them all he was that good at golf my brother we called him the white bo jackson because really? he dominated white sports no shit yeah 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 bowling? by we i mean i called him that bowling and <laughs> bowling and golf that's no joke though dude he was so good is he a bro. big guy tall like you is he's he... like my size but yeah. he's genetically superior to me yeah athletic and he's yeah. got the italian it's always fun when you guys when we used to measure who's got bigger dicks and my younger brother had a bigger root than me i'm yeah. like and that's why i beat the shit out of him forever <laughs> right i was we would make up we make up tag team belts and i would just give him a new belt oh you're the the q2w world champion and then i would beat the shit out of him and i'd be like new q2w world champion i used to whoop the shit out of him dude. that's fucking great just because <laughs> He's got a bigger dick. He's like, here's the evidence. I'm better. And you're like, yeah. I don't care. But everything. Genetically, was smarter in school. Everything. My, I am a worse version of good genetics. Of my Italian Armenian is good. Yeah, genetics. yeah, we're good people. But I, I, I'm just good at one thing. But that's pretty cool. That he, was that, shit. he was that good at golf. And oh that yeah, good he at was. Wow. He could have gone. Uh, you know, he got a scholarship offer in bowling, and it's just like he, dude, he could bowl a perfect game with both hands. Seriously? Yeah. Both hands. He just well, how did bang, he get that good? Bang. Was he just doing it all. He just lived there. He just lived at the. Bowling he alley. loved the bowling alley. And then golf, same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. He just took to it. My my did, father did he, was did a he hustler. Stop? Did he stop doing it after that? Yeah. Why? I don't know, man. I don't know. He just stopped. Fuck. And then he would be like, he'd be working on golf courses. And my brother's great. He's a wonderful guy. He's completely liberal. Like he'll. Just light me up on my like my my text messaging. Yeah. You're not you're not a messiah. Stop that. I'm like, why? He's like, dude, my Instagram is driving people 
nuts. Well, you're you're anti-vax on this this coronavirus. No, no, thing? no, no, no. Okay. Let me be very clear. All right. What I am is anti-mandatory. If you want to get the vax, have fun. Light yourself up. I have zero problems with you doing what you want with your body. But the notion of mandatory, the government telling anybody to do anything mandatory, is I have major problems with that. And that includes abortion. Let me ask you this question. Um, And it's a really tough subject because I I, I don't, I'm a little confused. So, you know, it's an interesting question to have on this. Leaving even conspiracies out of it, like, the thing about, let's just say polio, which was very contagious and put kids in iron lungs, killed them, and they lost their legs and stuff. And we have a lot of evidence to that. And certain vaccines are mandatory if you want to attend a public school, right? You don't have to vaccinate your kid in this right. country, actually. But if you right. want to attend a public school right. Right. or a lot of schools, they have a va- mandatory vaccine thing. Okay. Because, okay. because f- almost every school recognizes that the science with vaccines, for the most part, is overwhelming. Do we have any liquid death? Go on. We, we only have the carbonated ones. It, but it's pretty overwhelming. So we know that that's the case. Okay. And, and the reason for that is some uh, vaccines don't take, but you do develop herd immunity if you have enough people who are doing That's not it. what that means. Like measles, measles. And, that's yeah, not that's, what that means. Well, no, that's not what that but, means. But, but, but you, you do want, you do want enough people who are- You know when I are, start talking like snippies? Yeah. fucking secretary? But, but, yes. That's when I go, no. But, but, but at the end of the day- um, no, we do have that policy. And okay. so and that is for the so so kids don't get rubella and measles. It's so interesting yeah. to, to read about yeah. when I read a lot of history. So many Jonas children Salk was there's a large so, but so many people died in childbirth. People think he's full of shit. But but so many people died in childbirth. So many people died before they were five. And that is just the and I lived in countries where that was the case all the time before okay. vaccines. Okay. So the, okay. So the idea that, that that vaccines didn't have aren't one of the great technological achievements in health like sanitation is is just the evidence is just too overwhelming so it that's having said that and having said that your children usually your children have to get certain vaccines yes what about corona and what about covid because you know you and i kind of agree on the fact that i do think covid is deadly for some people we don't know why um, some people, uh, some people are long haulers. They have it; it damages their lungs for a long period of time, even their brain. We'd have weird things with this yeah, disease. We don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, I have a friend yeah. right now who has it, and he he just can't figure out why he's not getting better. Yeah. And he's been sick for fucking, you know. And it was like me; I was sick for 19 days for real, and and then not so good for two weeks after that. So it is a real thing. Um, so I guess what I'm asking is, when do we when do we mandate mandate vaccines? If we have enough evidence, and right now we have over 2 billion people have taken it, if we have enough evidence that it does bring the death rate to almost a vanishing level, uh, et cetera, when, when do we do that and how do we deal with that? Well, like, how do we deal with that death? I don't think you should ever. Never? And it, what if it, it saves? Okay, what Brian, if there is a. Brian, what, let's yeah. say, Brian, let's say we're, we, we live in a neighborhood and there's a lot of cars getting broken into. And there's this there's this car system out there, right? That if you get this car system, it is believed that people will not be able to break in your car. And you get the car system. Do I have to get the car system to keep your car safe? Okay? Yeah. The whole point is like, if this vaccine is what you say it is, and I... And by the way, this vaccine does not have Corona in it. 
You could Google it anywhere. This is the first time I've ever heard of a vaccine that didn't have the weakened version of the disease, the virus, whatever you want to call it. version, yeah. In it to teach your immune system how to beat it, okay? This is the first time I've ever heard of this. This is a new gene therapy thing or something. There's a, it's a new kind yes. of vaccine, yeah. So. Which is, which, yeah, okay, keep going. Which, to me, is... A the issue right now, Brian, when you bring up my child, our children, yeah. not my children, this one's specific sure. to my children, but children, is that Ronald Reagan set it up so there was really no, you could not sue the companies that made the vaccines. I'm so thirsty. I'm liquid death. What? I'm so thirsty. Yeah, liquid death. The greatest water ever, ever in the history of time. In a can, not a plastic bottle. So oh, you heard because, those things? Yeah, because you, you like the ocean and the environment. Get your water from a can. If you get your water from a bottle, you're part of the problem. And you obviously hate sea turtles and all the other wildlife. You know, and I want to see the world, but unfortunately, I can't right now. I'd love to go to the Alps and drink that wonderful water. Oh, you now I can. Yeah, now you can. Now you can have water from the Alps with what? its entire minimal profile and electrolytes in liquid death. Comes fizzy, comes sparkling, or comes in just pure mountain spring water, all right? Now you could go to on the internet, all you gotta go is liquiddeath.com slash CSC, or you can go to 7-Eleven or Whole Foods. Yeah, and get, get You can yourself, go to water around some granola bitches. That's right, and get yourself, murder your thirst, bro. Murder that thirst! Murder your thirst. <gasps> I'm liquid death! I don't like that, I don't like no, that's that song. <laughs> that's Metallica. No, dude. I'm liquid death! No, it, liquid death, if this is the song. Liquid death! Yeah! <laughs> That's how it should be, dude. That was oh. great. Murder your thighs with liquid down. Yeah, yeah. That's how we should do it, dude. Yeah, we got mountain spring water from the Alps. Yeah, all foods. 7-Eleven, liquiddeath.com slash CSE. And you got two free cozies. Yeah, with, a, with your first case. Yeah. Now that's that's how you do it, dude. That's how you do it, Brian Kelly. It'll kill you if it's enough of it. Otherwise, it'll just quench your thirst it's not just for the inside of your body try it on the outside of your body too keeps you clean and wet and i look best when i'm way hell liquid death yeah yes fucking and the companies are like hold on we could put this drug out and if you take it you have a diverse effect to it you can't sue us and they're like yeah they're like okay and we get paid for this, for this virus. We make money off of this vaccine. Yeah. Now they're cranking out the vaccines. The numbers of vaccines that you took in the 1800s yeah. when you were in seventh grade. Oh, way less. Versus yeah. what is being taken yes. now. Because so that, know, that's a fair, that, that is very fair because what I think, what I think now is if you look at the number of vaccines I got, yeah. it was like five. You remember it was, it was like so weird, pox. you'd go get the vaccine yeah. and then the, the black students would have to use a different hey. entrance to go get their vaccine. Hey man, come on. Do you remember that? It was, it was 1967. <laughs> the Civil Rights Act was in 1964. <laughs> but but it, it's true that you when you got vaccines back then, you got them for measles and what, like, uh, I remember I had to rush and get them for measles and then smallpox and rubella and there were different ones you got but but it i think that what happens is that you know 
when when there's that much money in vaccines and there's a lot of money and there's no repercussions and and, and you can and you can jab a kid with 40 because everybody's making money and then there's money in booster shots so they're already asking when should we get boosters for the covid vaccine i think that your skepticism is well placed because you have to say hold on guys is this scientifically valid is this money driven or scientifically valid and hold on before you ring the bell if it is scientifically valid who are the scientists and do they work for the pharmaceutical companies who is this panel of scientists doing this research so you have to you have to look at who's making money and whether or not these vac- these diseases that very few people ever get and ever have gotten are valid All right, so that's where that's where that well that's why that's I'm why I, well that's i don't know that i disagree with what you're saying because it's a really tough thing right it's like right, right. do you do you make okay so i i will i will admit in my opinion i think covid vaccines are working to keep the death rate at a very low level okay i'll give that to you i i can't argue with that data oh uh, dad grass i want to dad talk to you about grass. that you, you can smoke weed it gets you so high you don't even know what you're doing yeah I, i've done that where, yeah. where i smoked weed and i i literally I, I was doing rogan's podcast i was so high i had to call Shab to come pick me up and then six oh, hours later there. i was still high yeah i can't do that i did that i've done I, that i can't drive i can't do anything like that i, I did getting dug with high and i had to literally get a ride home because i was so stupid there is weed where you can just chill out you you don't have to get crazy couch locked okay there's weed that helps you just it mellows you out it keeps your head clear eases the way the stress of the day okay it's summer sometimes you just want to lighten up okay Dad grass is great anytime. Dad grass. Helps you chill out before a big meeting, new replacement of that evening, a glass of wine. Instead of having a glass of wine, try that. Try it's it. It's a perfect pairing to everything summer has to offer. Keep it simple. That's it. It's legal, organic hemp. It relaxes your body, mellows your mind. CBD products are made with 100% organic hemp. Bam. It's easy to dose and effects come on smooth. They offer a variety of products from token smokable pre-rolled joints, hemp flower and a variety of cbd tincture drops it's basically you can enjoy the effects of cbd while keeping a clear head all dad grass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over and it ships right to your door anywhere in the u.s so this is what we want you to do go to dadgrass.com slash csc for conspiracy social club yeah to check out their products real simple real fast so right now go to dadgrass dadgrass is offering our listeners 20 percent off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash csc go to dadgrass.com slash csc to get 20 percent off your first order that's dadgrass.com slash csc however it is a different question it is a fucking difficult question are you going to mandate vaccines okay now how about are you going to are you going to mandate proof of vaccines because because it's it's around the corner dude it's not even the government has to do it there are there are concerts there are airlines that could very easily say we're a private company and we are not going to allow anybody yeah, until on they without. start getting okay until they start receiving bailouts from the co- from the u.s government on, on u.s tax dollars okay 
If you're going to mandate something, which is going to affect your bottom line, because a large portion of people aren't going to go on your airline just because you're doing something they see as completely infringing on their rights to privacy. What about the people that actually um, want that? So there are a lot of people that that are like, Good idea. Make everybody get a vaccine, right? Right. Because right. Because right. they. But those like, people are like, oh, I should have the right to fucking choose if I want an abortion. You, yeah, dude. The mentality of like the mental gymnastic goes behind my body, my choice. How it's like if it's something you like, you're totally for it. But if it's something you're against, you're like the government should have the right. You're a fucking that's phony ass bullshit. Okay, it's a it's a hard. It is, rule. It is a little different, right? No, it's not, well, Brian. Abortion, no, abortion isn't contagious, right? So in other words, Brian, an, an abortion, the whole thing is life. Yeah. It's all about life. But but is there, is there, but to see the problem is if you can prove, if you can prove that you by not being vaccinated. Yeah. Now here's, but here's my, here's what I, here's where I'm going to caveat this. I think what they're saying is you're, you could be contagious and give it to somebody right, and kill them. Right, okay. I understand. Right, right. I get it. I get the emotion behind that. And I understand that. However, then then there's another argument which is personal responsibility and i always say um if you want to go around unvaccinated and take your chances that's your choice if you believe the vaccine works and you take the vaccine you don't have to worry about it anyway because you've been vaccinated so even though that guy's not vaccinated i'm okay and i'm safe that's right so so that's that's the argument then is personal responsibility personal choice right right so in that sense I get it. I get it. Now, it may be that society overall, like private companies, are, are are like, we just don't feel comfortable with you being unvaccinated and coming in here. And you're going to probably have to weigh the pros and cons with that. Right. And that's a tough For one, For a virus that you have a 99% survival rate. Especially if you're of, well, even more than that. Right. A 99 point. I think yeah. it's I mean, 6%. let's put that in perspective if, as well. If, if you're a, Brian, if you're a my healthy whole, person. My whole point person, is this. This is not about a virus. That's my point. The virus was created for the, what's going on right now. Yeah, well, that's where we get a little into a conspiracy theory. And I'm going to have to dish out what a couple say? of what L's. What does that say? Conspiracy social club. We're, this is a soiree of conspiracies. Well, We're soiree. Are you, now, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit that I think that this virus was probably man-made. Okay. Which of Fauci's emails makes you think that? Well... Then, but a lot of viruses, as he said, a lot of viruses have been uh, a result of natural phenomena. But there does seem to be like it's like it did come out of the Wuhan lab, and three of those scientists uh, did get sick, and we know all about this stuff. So I, I happen to believe that this was somehow a virus that escaped. Now you think it might have been deliberately released by the Chinese? It's possible. I think this this got out. And I think it became a scramble to figure out who was responsible and everybody started to panic. So cute. So do you know what gain of function basically means? Yes. Explain it. So gain of function uh, is essentially where you you take a naturally occurring virus and you, you genetically engineer it. You you mix it with other genes, you mix it with another type of virus, and you try to create, um, and you put it into another animal or a host to manipulate that virus to make it more contagious or to make it more uh, virulent or 
potent or whatever. And that's how you study. That's one of the ways you study viruses, but it's very, very uh, dicey and you've got to have incredible yeah. uh, safe, you have to have really uh, very strong safeguards around it, right? So evil. Well, no, it's not evil if it's helping. It's it, that that gain of function has been going on for a long time. Okay, so explain to me how gain of function helps. Well, I'm not a scientist, but I know that very good scientists are have been doing a lot of this Read stuff. Read that, Brian, with your eagle eyes. What gain, is that of gain of function is the euphemism for biological research aimed at increasing the virul virulence and lethality of pathogens and viruses. Gain of function research is government funded. Its focus is on enhancing the pathogens' ability to infect different species and to increase their deadly impact as airborne pathogens. Okay, so tell me how that's a good thing. Well, as a scientist, you want to be able to manipulate a virus so that you can then figure out ways to fight the virus. Uh -huh. That is that is not. You listen to that. No, no, hold on. Did you hear Sam, that, Sam? You're not Anthony, a scientist. Sam, are you alive? Sam, you're not a scientist. Did you hear Sam, that? Sam, you're not a scientist. Yes. Okay, buddy, you're not a scientist. So what yeah. you what he's saying you do? It's good research. Is you you it, are manipulating a virus. We've always done that, Sam. So that you can learn how to stop the Sam, virus we've always done that, that you have manipulated. Sam, we've always done it's that. It's like, Gain of dude, function we research. gotta stop Frankenstein. We have to stop no, no, no. Frankenstein. So we have to make Frankenstein Sam, so we can stop Frankenstein. Sam, gain of function research is really necessary. It's gay. It's very necessary. <laughs> it's, ne it's not gay. It's not gay. It's very necessary. You just have to have serious safeguards. You know, you know, what, the, you know what? what's amazing about uh, uh, essentially what's amazing about our pharmaceutical companies as much as people criticize them <laughs> is is uh gene therapy is saving lives and i know two people who are on their fucking last leg with cancer and got a special gene therapy and man oh man they're back they're back to 100 health that's pretty cool so we we are in, in childhood cancers they've made in astounding progress in the past 10 years astounding quiet respect. progress but fucking respect man respect. i mean amazing shit like shit that was killing children which i can't imagine having a child and this stuff is this 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 gene therapy is sick and i have two friends that i'm when i say they were on their last legs where they couldn't get off the bed and they were in so much pain they were they, they were going to be on a morphine drip and then they the both of them both of them had oncologists call them and say hey you have a gene marker and I've been doing research and I think this this particular thing that we were trying to use for this other thing that wasn't working will work for you because it was working in trials. Boom! Fucking three pills. Bang! My buddy is back to playing golf. He's back to fucking... Oh, that's great. He's 38 years old, dude. He was on... He had stage four. His hip was broken because of the tumors. They were... I, 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 I mean, he was not able to get up and now he is 100%. I, I, it's just un incredible. And then my other friend has multiple myeloma. She was, it was too much to even talk about. And gets a call at four in the morning, four in the fucking morning. Woman from India says, hi, I'm a researcher. I am looking at your genetic marker. And I think this drug would help you. Uh, I, I, the other day I was talking to her, I go, uh, I forgot you had cancer. She goes, I know I'm on a miracle drug. So we're, this is really great news. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So we're getting to a point where I think cancer is going to be, all right, hopefully okay. all of us will know very few people that die of cancer as opposed to a lot of people as you get older. That'd be great. Yeah. And That'd be um, great, Brian. Yeah. So, so your conspiracies are all horseshit. Is that what you were willing to admit? No, dude, Brian. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. Brian. Dude, uh, you're fucking uh, Krav Maga shit. 
<laughs> but just know I might put a gun on you. Uh, no, Brian, don't do and, it. And you I might me every episode. I know that, dude. But you need to practice. And I'm no, not. I do practice. I'm not every saying day. I'm going to do I'm it. Not, I'm just telling you. Brian, I'm not saying. Brian, I'm telling you. Brian, hey, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, I didn't even pull my you, weapon. See you. I, don't I didn't pull my weapon. Yeah, I see it in your hand. I, I'm, I keep my weapon on me at all times, but I'm Will not going to pull my weapon. Boston, uh, uh, Boston Marathon runner stops guy with gun. Is in, it a video or just? Yeah, it's a video in, in the train station. What do you so, mean, like this motherfucker? Yeah, exactly. Don't move, dude. Oh, bro, I got you dead to rights. If you make a move, I'm going to pull this trigger. Oh, right, what the fuck? Right? I move again. <sighs> Pow. I didn't even see your hand, yeah, dude. Right. I was ready to come to this hand, and you went this. You went that hand. To do Miss America, right? Right. You which went is like bang, right? So now it's out of my way. Because I thought you were right. gonna go the other hand, right? Yeah. Then I punch. Okay. Yeah. Then I come under. Bang. I pull. Pow, pow. Right. There we go. Brian. You didn't even shoot me though. You just gave me a little. You don't shoot the gun. No, you gave me a little. By the way, gun. Brian, I bought a new gun. You did? Yeah, dude. Wait till you see this. I got a gun. I just got a gun. Wait till you see this. What kind of gun? Yeah, that's it. The second one down. So this dude is walking down. This dude is walking down. Jean-Paul Lapierre saw men robbing CTA riders on their way to the Chicago Marathon. So the guy in the pink is robbing people with the gun. The dude in the black that's holding him has a black belt in karate, right? This dude got, he was off the train. He heard somebody's robbing somebody with a gun. He got back on the train and took the gun from him. He says, no, there's a guy on the train with a gun walking around right now robbing people. So uh, that kind of made me mad. He went back on the train and confronted the man entirely on his own. The confrontation caused concern among some passengers. While Pierre asked for help handling the gun. Wow. Just a few hours later, I'm a boxer. I'll break your head. Yeah, he is. Himself, Love that guy. Pierre told our Shannon Halligan the alleged robber had friends on the train. They started threatening me, but I just stood stern faced. Um, and the guy kept saying to me, it's just the gun, let me go, let me go. And I, I kept telling him, you're not going anywhere. A marathon runner who was threatened moments earlier and provided this video to WGN says she's thankful LaPierre was there. I would have held that gun on them. to step in at all. It was incredible to see because everyone else what if he knows said they're frozen. Huh? What if he knows Krabben got? Dude, I'll hit you seven times in three seconds, bro. Runs a storage facility in the Boston area. He says he's used to tough guys. Golden Gloves boxing in his youth. Black belt in karate. I have no problem breaking on that armed him for this encounter you know incidents happen all over you know like that's, that's crazy right that's, i love that guy i love that guy i love that dude the illusion of toughness is well, is, is I uh, I, my, my buddy was on the, on the plant train in uh, in New York, and and these these this group of kids, thugs, thug kids, got on and started fucking robbing people. It was like six of them, and they were like 17, 18. And they were robbing like everybody was afraid, and they had they had they were like I got a knife, and they were tough. <laughs> they there were a bunch of there were a bunch of 
construction workers from Staten Island, these big Italian dudes <laughs> who had just finished their shift. <laughs> and they're just they're just literally all 230. You ever see those Italian guys who yeah. work with their hands yeah. in New York? They could give a fuck. They can't wait. They can't. They've been moving <laughs> shit. They hate their fucking lives. And they're not hearing a fucking peep. And they just waited just like seven strong for these guys to get to them and just and just grab them. And they were fucking banging their heads just shagang shagang you fucking i'm gonna enjoy this and just bash their fucking heads against the fucking windows goosh, goosh, until the cops came just gonna do this till the fucking cops go yeah 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 pull your knife out now motherfucker guy had a wrench like one of those giant fucking wrenches god let's see what your knife does against yeah. my fucking yeah. wrench when yeah. i fucking brain you yeah. my friend was like Woo! my buddy's a little guy and he's watching these fucking they just walked into the wrong fucking lion's den it's like you guys think you're tough yeah. we work with our hands we're, we're italian dudes in our 30s with a fucking wrench it's so in you know it's obviously i'm gonna be honest with you i've i've met so many mma fighters and they're all nice guys the only one i ever met that was a dick was josh koschick he's the only really? asshole he was an asshole. I love me. Josh, but I mean, I guess Josh might be just a little bit more. He might. Is it possible that he was just quiet and awful? No, no, no. He was a dick. Oh, really? But everybody else was like, they're all nice because they know the threat of violence is there. They they have felt violence. Yeah. They've given violence. Yeah. You know, they're really laid back. It's the people who've never touched, vi seen violence. Yeah. That are always like in your face screaming shouting yeah. yelling so there was so there was this this very attractive female comic right and she didn't know that that this was when martha was pregnant hit <laughs> out the comedy store right she didn't know that martha the baby that martha was carrying was mine and she was just shit talking me there oh. in front of martha and Martha's like, oh, blah, 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 is shit talking you really badly. Which was really weird because I'd done projects with this female comic. Yeah, that's really strange. Saying that, you know, he's not funny, blah, blah, blah. So I call her up, I go, were you last night telling people the story I, was, I wasn't funny? She's like, uh, uh, uh. I go, hey, I gotta ask you a question. Have you ever been punched in the face? <laughs> she goes, mean like spar? I go, no, has anyone ever walked up to you and clocked you? She goes, no, I go, it's so obvious. You talk so much shit about so many people because no one's ever made you have to pay. Well, you've never been, you've never been checked. Yeah, you know, or, you've never or, been or even confronted. Not yeah. that I would ever hit a woman. No, but I know what you mean. Like, like there are people. There are a lot of guys like that. There are a lot of guys that just where you're like, you live to to shit talk. Yeah. Oh, or like, they talk so much and you they've never been in a fight. Well, my, there's this one guy. No, I'm not gonna say his name. Calls me sometimes. Will just erupt on me. And I and. I, I'm like waiting for him to do again because I'm like, where are you? Dude, I will come and find you right now and fuck you up. I was I was rock climbing with a bunch of guys, same thing, New York guys. There was a, there was a dude from fucking he'd grown up in uh, alternative schools in California, <laughs> and he was like a hippy dippy guy, and he was mouthing off. He just kept fucking. He was kind of scolding one of my one of the guys. I didn't know him. He was a, he worked in a prison. He was a prison guard, thick dude. And uh, and the, been, the the California guy was scolding the thick yeah, dude. Yeah, this kid from he was from fucking Long Island who who had been a wrestler and he was just like a fucking you know a big tough guy. I didn't know him very well. And uh, and the guy and the guy's like, don't step on the rope, dude. You can't. And it, no, you're doing it wrong. It, just the way he was talking. 
And this guy, I knew, I, I knew some shit was gonna go down. Cause I was just like, I was just like, I, I'd never seen this before. I'd never seen California dudes. Like, you know, I was just like this white California kid who'd grown up raised by his mom going like the Waldorf school. Yeah. And, and like, you know, my personal space and all that shit, use your words. <laughs> and this dude, I remember this guy looked at him and goes, hey you, I don't know you and I'm not gonna hear another word out of you because if you say another word to me, I'm gonna punch you in the fucking mouth. How's that sound? And the guy had never been threatened by a grown man. Yeah. And he, I never forgot it, he went like this, he goes, what? And he goes, I'm gonna beat the fucking shit out of you on this rock right now, right here, and nobody here can stop me. You got me? I'm gonna punch you in the fucking face if you talk to me like that again. And it, I was like, <laughs> and my other buddy was like, hey, it, hey, dude, you're around di different dudes. We're not like you and your friends, I'm sorry. Yeah. Guy goes, you're just gonna threaten me with violence? He goes, I'm not gonna threaten you, I'm gonna beat the fucking shit out of you, and nobody here can stop me. Yeah. And the guy was so shocked, he didn't know what the fuck to do. He Brian, didn't know what to do. He was like, such huh. a great and I hadn't talked to him i said i go bro you're you're dealing with a different culture you came up safe yeah. like if you did that like and by the way california if like if you deal with mexicans if you deal with like people mexicans who grew up in california like in the inland empire they're not hearing your shit either you yeah. gotta you better learn how to fucking talk because you'll get punched in the fucking right am i wrong about where i mean you grew up where'd you grow up in like inland empire yeah, yeah. so it's so mouth off to a motherfucker there and see what happens right. see how fast you'll get in a fight there's Dude, a certain culture out there yeah there are certain cultures where they're like bro you better learn how to fucking talk it's like it's like um i hear the north shore of hawaii uh, you can't surf there because i'll beat you up my buddy surfs there he's like bro i'm just respectful i'm super respectful of the hawaiians there and i'm a good surfer so i wait to find my wave and i'm real cool and then after a while they're like good wave bro but you got to know how to behave around certain motherfuckers yeah because there are cultures there are um, mexican american culture italian american culture on the east Hawaiians coast irish around. american culture in boston Hawaiian culture, do not fuck around, bro. Don't come cocky. Watch your mouth, or it's gonna get closed for you. It's just the way the fucking yeah. And yeah, I yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Because it's dude. truth. It's about manners and about understanding that when all this shit breaks down, yeah. and the camera on your phone doesn't work anymore, I'm gonna eat you for fucking lunch, yep. dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian, I talk about this a lot about how like if you kind of look what political correctness and the people who push it, their whole thing is like, and I've probably talked about this before, but how like the two things they always pu push is like words hurt, words kept, words hurt, and then violence is never the answer. Now if you're a rich kid born into privilege, going to the best hospitals, the best schools, living in a gated community going to the best colleges, getting the best internships, getting the best yeah. gigs, yeah. you very rarely ever feel real life consequences. So what really hits you are words and violence. That's right, that's right, Sam. Look, this motherfucker, Anthony, uh, Anthony, I love him, and I and I and I, I just he's he's great, and, and he does a great job on the show. But I called him the other day, and and I 
the sound wasn't good and we had an issue and I, it had happened a couple of times and I fucking laid into him. I laid into Anthony, like laid into that motherfucker. And like, and I, but I was like, I love you. I think you're awesome. And I don't want to fire you because this is not acceptable. And I was in a mood and I fucking laid into him but with love, but most people would crumble. And I realized while I was doing it, I was like, I was shouting at him. And it, how long to go on for about 15 minutes? Well, well, guess what Anthony did? Hey, like, do we really got to talk about this? No, no, I'm, I'm complimenting this dude because what he did was he fucking goes, you're right, sorry. And I get a text from him, like, I don't know, I got a call from you. Uh, first of all, he's been stellar. He's been, like, talk about fixing the problem. He's been fucking awesome. Clipping these clips together, he's been awesome. He you did everything, right. dude. You've been amazing. Thank you. Thank You've been amazing. But I knew you could because I, I knew I, I liked you right away. You're, you're a man and you know how to do your shit. This fucking guy, and I'm a lot older. I'm fucking 24 years older. So I got to be careful how I talk because I'm like a father. You know, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. when, when an yeah. older man yeah. talks that way to you and you're a young man, it's fucked up. It's like, you know, you don't want to be talked to. That can like crush you. So I, I'm always careful of my impact. I don't want to be that. I want him to win. I want him to be successful in his life. And, and I want to be part of and that. And that is ultimately what a criticism should lead to. He calls success. me up. He calls me up and he goes, hey, dude, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for fucking talking to me that way and waking my ass up. And I was like, this is why you're successful. This is why you're going to be great. I'm telling you, I, man, I, I if you it. can listen to it, go, oh, what is right? What is wrong? What What did I do wrong? And it I don't speaks, know exactly it speaks what he's to his talking character. about. It speaks to his fucking character. Yeah, I How mean, that's not? the biggest problem. I, I I, I, I'm sure I told these stories. I feel like I've told every story I'm telling today a thousand times on the show. But I was in acting class. And these millennials would come in. They would get one critique. And we would never see them again in class. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's never going to happen. It's like, I am so, like, I say I'm dead on the inside. I'm super sensitive. Yeah, you are. But what I do is I just, I use it as fuel to work harder. That's what I said. Well, well that's what Anthony realized. Because I said to Anthony, I go, look, I, th the problem with the real world is it's competitive and if you don't perform really well you get it you're out of a job and your life sucks yeah and i don't want that i the last thing i wanted is i, I never wanted to you know I, I had a guy who was really successful he says i make good employees you believe in the people and you're not my i don't like saying you're my employee i like saying that we all work together like this i hate that stuff but but when we are we're you're part of the show you're not you know you're an important part of the show and it's only going to get better and, and and everything else but like for me like to see the way you responded to that, that like a fucking man took it like a man and went, oh, I'm just going to get better now. Didn't miss a beat. That's rare, dude. That's fucking rare. If you could take, it's, you know, it's, if you could tell awesome. the difference between constructive criticism and like just player hating. Yeah. Like you can go so far in life. You're like, okay, what is really, if I take the emotion out of everything, what is being said right now? Yeah. And I, I dude, yeah. I'm telling you, man. Then that's because that's you're from the Inland Empire. <laughs> that's because you I came mean, up like, hard. Dude, I'm telling you, man, so much of our culture today is raising soft people so that they fracture and they get on a million pharmaceuticals. And I'm like, dude, I got my dick. Now, I medicate my own way drugs, alcohol, sex. Yeah. That was the way I felt good. I got rushes from doing those yeah. and it took me out of my mind about where my career was at the time and you know I I, I, I get it but man a lot of times it was like when I would see Dave Chappelle at the comic store 
I would get so angry because I knew how good he was. I just wanted to be as good as I could be. So yeah. I'd run off somewhere to do a stand-up set yeah. just to get better. And yeah. my bite be like, every time you see like a great comic get so angry, I go, because I just want to be better, dude. Yeah. And like if you have that attitude, like so much of it is like immigrant mentality, love thy neighbor. If you combine those two, you could you're gonna flourish. hundred percent. Well, Rogan, Rogan and I have been friends for twenty six years. And one of the things about that friendship is that th- th- it was always checks. It was always that. It was like it, we would, you know, especially with Joe, he'd look at me and be like, you're too scattered. You're not working hard enough. You know, you're, you're fucking up here. You know, you're fucking up in your relationship. You're doing some dumb shit here. You're bringing crazy chicks into your life. You're bringing crazy chicks into your life. You're bringing crazy chicks into your life. He would always say that. You're bringing broken motherfuckers into your life because you're broken and it's going to bite you in the ass. He would always say that to me, you know, but it was always like, if you have real friends, they'll tell you the fucking truth about the, of the, about the dumb shit you're doing. And if you listen, which I, you know, and I'm guilty of not listening a lot of times, but if you listen... Um, you, and if you, if you have real friends, they're not afraid to tell you that you're fucking up. I think, I think the people who go to do the best, the longest are the ones who have people in their lives that can talk to them straight, you know, like, you know, just give it, give them the, the, the truth, man. I think it's really hard if you get rid of everybody in your life. And I'm going to be honest with you. In Hollywood, I see females that blow up tend to get all new friends and talk to all new people. Yeah. And, and guys tend to keep around. I think sometimes they'll 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 try to level up on the people around them, and then they realize they're in a shark tank and all these are sharks, and they want to go hang out with the dolphins again, right? Yeah. But I see that about women I, all the time. They say that like a lot of rappers will buy their mom a house in this really nice neighborhood, and the mom is like, "I don't have any friends in this fucking neighborhood." Yeah, like, right. it's a bunch of white people, you know, and it's like I I don't have anything in common with these people, and I feel lonely, and they'll move back to the hood. Because their street is where they grew up with their friends. Yes. And and that's how it is all the time. You see that with human beings. Human beings just want to be around what they came up with. And the money and the nice lawn is cool, but without friends right. to share it. It's an empty And sometimes house. when you become successful as a woman in comedy, I think a lot of people turn, like, it's hard. women tend to be a little bit harder on each other. I guess well, this weird you know, thing that goes on. A couple of things on that. You know, I, I always know. had this theory that, that, uh, uh, this is Sam speaking, not Callan. That when black comedians get huge, they tend to go crazy. <laughs> and that has a lot to do with like who you hang out with, who you used to hang out with, the, you know, success versus culture, stuff like that, that leads to it. And, you know, for me, man, you, there's an old saying, hang out the winners. And I don't like that saying. I, I like hang out the people who love you. And well, because, me too, Sam. Because you know, go on, finish your thought. Cause. Because sometimes to hang out with the winners, you'll look around, really. Like, oh, this ain't. This is a Shark Tank, and I might not be the biggest and shark. There are no friends in that Shark Tank. Yeah. Okay. Right. It, it, what you what? So so when you say winner, so I've had a lot of people tell me that throughout my life. You should surround yourself with excellence and surround yourself with winners. Okay, I get it. Now here's the thing about winners. A lot of times, quote unquote winners. Winners, as in very successful, wealthy actor, uh, producer, director, whatever they are, a lot of times they're great people, absolutely. But a lot of times what it takes to get there is ambition, focus, discipline, 
and yeah and uh, and a and a fucking cutthroat attitude where friends are a distant second where friends really aren't friends there is only acquaintances that can help you people that you can use to get where you need to get friends are strategic friends are a contract okay that's what I noticed. I'm not saying that successful people are shitheads. I'm not. I'm successful. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. Uh, and I know a lot of great successful people that are great people. Kevin Hart would be one of them. He's a wonderful, generous person. I've seen it with my own eyes. But he might be a clone too. But go on. I love him. But but um, but what I'm saying is that when you get into that circle of quote unquote winners, man. Like you said, it's a shark tank and you're like, oh, and then let me tell you when shit hits the fan, when, when, when you are met with destruction the way I was, when shit happens, that's bad. None of those quote unquote winners are around, (laughs) but the people that loved you, the people that loved you, the people that really know you and love you and that were your real friends, those motherfuckers are there. For and sure. I, and I will always choose those people. And I have never chose that circle of winners. It's almost like friends. you got to be Blade, right? Like a daywalker. You got to be able to go hang out with the winners, but then also hang out with the fucking... I prefer the loser, misfit motherfuckers. Yes. Because I don't think they're losers and I don't think they're misfits. I think they're beautiful creatures. They're creatures that are too fragile a lot of times for this, this doggy dog world. They're too generous... They're too um, mostly generous. They're just too generous. Uh, and their heart was broken a long time ago. You know what's interesting, Brian? It's like, it's like, they're, you know, Rogan would always say you're, you're letting too much crazy in, right? Yeah. Like he would say that a lot. And I think I could possibly be part of the crazy that he was talking no, about. No, you weren't. Which no, is no, fine. You weren't. No, you weren't. But you never but were. You, you were always his friend. It, no, I know. I love Rogan. Yeah. He, it, dude, he's on my Mount Rushmore, people that I will never be able to thank for all the stuff he did for me. And that's the truth. Yeah. And, you know, it's like there's that fine line between, you know, you know, interesting and soul sucker right you gotta you gotta know like are people a net positive or net negative and some of these net negative people you gotta be like dude i i can't really help you it's always drama it's always it's always like something there's just people who are interesting yeah and but they're not they're not stealing your loose right they're just they could be train wrecks in life you know in recovery i meet so many of those people but I would, I would rather have them in my life than not have them in my life because they're not stealing my life. There's those people that, you know, just every time you're around, it's always drama. It's always something. So those people, you might want to do a little snip, snip, snipping or go, hey, I love you. Figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure it out. Because right now, it's everything's war with you. Everybody's out to get you. You can't hold a job. You can't. Do, you got to figure your life out. I mean, some people take some time to do that. Yeah. I knew I, you know, Mike, I love my father. He gave me so much in life, you know, but, you know, he was, he's super paranoid guy still to this day. Really? 75 years old, fucking an old lion, still fucking battling wars from way back in the day. Really? Dude. Yeah. Oh, paranoid about what? I love my father. Yeah. I love, I would never want another person to be my dad. I learned so much. Like I saw me. It yeah. was like, my dad is the like ghost of Christmas futures for That's me. Great. Right. Yeah. Like I just like, Oh, I'm doing that. That, yeah. that, I, I see where this story ends. Yeah. I, that's where it ends. Yeah. I need to not do that. Yeah. I need to like, 
boom, get out of my own way. And like, that's kind of, that's the blessing of him. You know, I, I do jokes about like why, why God gave me two daughters. I got robbed by the same hooker in, twi- in one day. Like I got robbed by the same hooker twice in one day. It's like, amazing. Like, yeah, I'm, I have daughters. Like why? I, if you can't be an example, be a warning, I right? Know, I know, I know, I know. And like I everything know. I fucked up with, if you I can't learned be an from, example, be a warning. Yeah, that's an old recovery uh, <laughs> fucking story. It's fucking great. If you can't be an example, be a warning. So, Brian, the Olympics are starting. I don't know if you know this. Dude, I'm, I know. I'm excited. And so what's happened is the Japanese Olympic Committee keeps, keeps uh, people keep resigning because political correctness is coming. Yeah. And what these people have had to step down for uh, is hilarious. One dude had to step down because he used to be a stand-up comic and they found a clip of him doing a Holocaust joke. That's amazing. So he had to step down. We have down. gotten we have gotten so crazy. They are just this this revisionist history, this idea that you can't joke anymore, this idea that you are somehow racist, this idea that we are so fragile that we can't have somebody who fucking ten years ago. You just and what bothers down. me, what bothers Comedian me Comedian Tony Hinchcliffe right dude, there. What bothers me is these <laughs> motherfuckers these motherfuckers are are they're such pussies. This Olympic Committee, the corporate America, they're such fucking gutless bitches. And they just fold, man. Don't fold. Stop folding. They're going after employers to silence and marginalize and crush you. That's why you got to get off. That's why well, you get Well, we also move. need the corporate money like the Amazon and those people to say, fuck you. Due process. We're not doing this. It's just unbelievable, so, man. So this guy stepped <laughs> down. Uh, do, you know, do you know his name? No, but it's like... Uh, something coordinator. He was like a Jap. He was the Olympic Japanese coordinator, and he did a Holocaust joke. And his punch was punchline was let's Holocaust this shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like get a catchphrase or yep. something. So they so they stepped him down. They made him step down. The next one was um, a guy. A guy said that a famous. Oh yeah, dude, Kobashi. Fired for Holocaust jokes. Yeah, let me see what he said. Hold on, uh, ninety-eight offensive judgment during a comic sketch removed from office. He apologized, but it's too late. And it is immediately scandal. Hold on, the stone of scandal. Uh, in in the sketch, Kobachi and a comedic partner pretend to be a pair of famous children's television entertainers. While brainstorming on activity involving paper, Kobachi refers to some paper doll cutouts, describing them as those from that time. You said, let's play the Holocaust, sparking the laughter of the audience. The couple then joked about how a TV producer was angry at the suggestion of a Holocaust activity. The scene shocked some in Japan. It is inevitable that they will face an avalanche of criticism, wrote one online viewer. Though others questioned the reaction to a more than two-decade-old sketch 20 years ago in a statement Kobachi apologized in a video that was released in 1998 to introduce young comedians a skit I wrote contained extremely inadequate lines he said it was a time when it wasn't when I wasn't able to get laughs the way I wanted and I was trying don't apologize I I did sketches on Mad TV that they wrote for me I was in blackface I didn't even know this yeah somebody sent me I don't remember I've seen those videos I was in blackface and I had a a, yeah and I had a um, I had a, a bag of potato chips that instead of saying lays it said the f word i think somebody sent me that they were like how can brian Callen get away with this i don't remember even doing it 
I remember, but I remember it was it was funny, and I think it was written by a black guy. And and we had we had we were our audience was what um, most of them were urban. Uh, urban black Yeah, people. they said um, uh, Mad TV was the black SNL. It was, dude. And so I would be in, in New York and, and black people would be like, yo. So, 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 and, and it was, it was, it was the urban sketch yeah. comedy thing. It wasn't this esoteric sketch shit that SNL was. And I was in blackface, dude. We did a, we did, I did a sketch on Mad TV called Schindler's Lost. <laughs> <laughs> where I couldn't get to the Jews because they, my wife was giving me the wrong directions and the Jews get put on a fucking... And Steven Spielberg found out about it and goes, if you fucking air this, I will shut your show down. And well, I didn't know. I, there it is. There it is. <laughs> what are you, Sebastian Maskelko? I didn't know. I was playing Steven Seagal. And that's what... That's what in 1995... Facts? Yeah. In 1995, that was allowed. I don't even remember doing it. But somebody told me that's what I did. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I, oh, I just, man. I showed up as an actor, and that was a sketch written, and I acted in that sketch. And Dude, I never Brian Kellen, I love thought. you. So, Brian, did you know that literally on 9-11, that, that Eddie Bravo was supposed to be on Howard Stern playing a character, a, a white rapper yeah. who does blackface because he's so convinced he's black? It's hilarious. And then he didn't get on because of 9-11. They're like, That's hey, amazing. dude, we got to cancel your gig. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, dude, I didn't know. I, I don't remember that. I don't remember doing that. That was 26 <laughs> years ago. I, I, I literally don't even remember it. But Brian, back, let me tell you something. Best. Back then, I didn't think I was being racist, and nobody else did. Yeah, including but dude, the black you were people playing Sebastian Maniscalco. I was playing Sebastian Maniscalco. So, so then... So then another guy got let go because he said he thought that a famous Japanese actress should dress as a pig. And that's that's it. <laughs> yeah, we are so fucking ridiculous. It's so embarrassing. It's just so embarrassing. But, but Brian, I per Brian, I think personally that we are now seeing people moving from the convenience of mainstream structure to the underground that is a little bit more you have to work to find what you got. I like, do you so. guys know that so. Netflix, which is still huge, has lost th this year's subscription rates to last year yeah. down 85%. I believe it. You know why? And they've lost they over have, like half a million subscribers. Yeah, because they, they don't have as much original content. Everybody took their content back. And Netflix is the wokest of the woke. It's hard to get shows on that aren't super woke. And there, there are a lot of people that just want to watch good. They don't want to watch agenda. They want to watch just good TV stuff. And what happens... When you know who's killing it? HBO Max. Oh, really? HBO Max is killing it. And Apple, Apple TVs is by far the best production. Really? It is the, everything looks like a film. All their TV shows wow. looks like a film. Good. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a golden age of, of, of entertainment. So many people have an ability to get out there and do their thing. I, I love it. I got to wrap this up. Okay. All right, dude. I could talk to you guys forever, but I so guess I. you got to go. You're the one who had to go. I do have to go. Guys, please rate and review this show. Go on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. Let the children know what is going Let on. Let the children know. Uh, we are, By the way, Brian, everybody likes that show. I mean, by everybody, I mean me and you. Like the uh, Watch a Doc. Anthony would have to figure out how to film that 
and make that live stream that and make that happen. Uh, Do we, will we get, is there copyright stuff for us watching it and talking about it? Those are things we have to work out. Someone did send in, um, it's not a question per se, but it's someone sent in a thing about a Moondock moon documentary they sent a link to it and oh yeah said funny that, thing happened and that oh we got to do that i want to watch documentaries we got to do that too i want to set brian, that up can you just tell brian just did not listen to what we said for the last oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was unbelievable that's literally what we've been talking about <laughs> <laughs> oops all right well thank you i love you guys Ray, Ontario, come see me. Yeah. and love Ontario, come see me at the end of the month, and I'll be August 4th at the American Comedy Club. One show Wednesday, unless we have to sell more tickets, and we'll have two shows. I got Houston, Texas, Improv. Go to BrianCallen.com for more tickets. Buffalo, New York, Helium. Uh, SamTripoli.com. Check it out. Yep, or TFATKZ.com for my dates. Love Bye. you guys. When people ask, is everything a conspiracy? The answer is yes. Who and what is controlling everything and why? They they practice sorcery. I can't argue against magic. <laughs> I don't know what it is that we live on, but I believe it's a realm. This realm that we live in is the lowest level of heaven, highest level of hell. Chicken snake gods and the Anunnaki and sorcery. If Sam says the chicken snake god is running everything, I'm literally in the world of crazy. (laughs) I'm winning. (laughs) You're losing. Conspiracy Social Club, a.k.a. Deep 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 De